let us take you on a journey to a land not too far, far away. An enchanted land called Dartmoor, just waiting to be found. A place with something for everyone, history, ponies and legends. Rambling up tours, racing down hills, staying active in the great outdoors. So stay tuned for the adventures of Millie and Tilda, as we give you the insider knowledge of the best natural spots in Plymouth. And don't forget your walking boots. Hello lovely listeners, we hope you enjoyed that lovely intro and that it set the scene for what is coming up on this podcast. Today we are introducing you to some of our favourite places in and around Plymouth to help you escape from city life. We also have a lovely interview with our good friend Johnny. He's lived in Plymouth for around 13 years now and was a student here too so he spent so much time exploring places that not even the locals know. So look forward to that. So, moving on to the episode. We are spending more and more time glued to our screens, and let's be real, this is even more true in lockdown. And that's most likely meant that we're spending way less time in nature, especially during the period when restrictions were super tight. So what we want to know is how has that affected us, and how can we get back to nature and enjoy the benefits for our physical and mental well-being? So a stat that we found while researching for this podcast said that we spend over 85% of our time indoors and about 5% of our time outdoors, which is actually quite shocking when you think about it. This is even the case with children who spend less than an hour a day outdoors and more and more time on devices. See, when you're talking about that, I can just imagine like my nan saying, back in my day, we would leave the house in the morning and not come back until it got dark. (laughs) I know, same here. So somehow it feels like we're losing touch of nature as technology develops, but at the same time, more and more people are having things like eco-anxiety, which is kind of this chronic fear of environmental doom. I can honestly say I have had it, and even last night I watched a, a documentary by Sir David Attenborough, and he just manages to get me in my feelings every time. Me too. It's hard not to get stressed about the planet as well as like try and appreciate it for all the beauty that is there already. I know. Something that gave me anxiety as well was when David said, I won't be around to see the future. I was like, what? No, Yeah, (laughs) that can't happen. The only thing that can make 2020 worse is if, can't even say it out loud. No, David, no, don't. Just leave it alone. (laughs) (laughs) You and me are no strangers to, you know, eco-anxiety and worrying about the climate. Yeah, we went on a climate strike last year, didn't we? And that was an experience and a half. And I know we've gotten a little bit sidetracked talking about the environment and climate striking, but we couldn't possibly talk about how amazing and beautiful and beneficial nature is without having a moment to reflect on how we need to take care of it. That's lovely. I love I love how you segued into the next part here. <laughs> so Many of us are living in urban areas, and even if you aren't like the sort of outdoorsy person, background nature can still be really critical to your mental health. So, I was listening to another podcast actually that said things like walking through parks and nature on the way to work can act as a buffer to the stress of busy roads. So, studies have even been done about that. So, it kind of it helps relax you and helps you recover from stress more quickly, even just that few minutes in a park. Yeah, I remember reading somewhere that because trees and plants emit certain chemicals to be able to speak to each other, if you're spending time walking through parks where there's loads of trees and plants and everything, 
then like you can pick up on the feel-good things that they're putting out. So Tilda, are you recommending going out and hugging some trees now? I am 100% recommending (laughs) a good strong dose of tree hugging for everybody listening. So maybe we should chat a little bit about ways that can make getting outside more accessible, especially if maybe you're a newbie to spending time outside, or maybe you're just super busy and distracted and you don't know how to focus. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've given me tips like recently as well about how to just get outdoors and be outdoors and things like listening to a podcast on the go. Your walk and your journey becomes more about listening to the podcast to wherever you actually go. And that actually is really good for me because I get out of the house, I spend time outdoors, which I know I need to do, but can sometimes be more challenging than you think. But then it gives you that distraction and you're listening to the podcast, you're learning at the same time and also getting the benefits of being outdoors. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're a newbie to spending time outside and you're thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go. You don't need to know where you're going to go if you've got a podcast on. Like the goal is the podcast, not the destination. So you can always listen to this podcast on a walk, guys, don't forget. (laughs) And we certainly hope you're already doing that. So other things like apps and all these sorts of things are out there, and I'm sure you know about it, but let's just remind you. Things like trails apps can show you local trails around Plymouth, or even if you're studying at home, you can find your local trails. And obviously, everybody knows about Strava, where you can track and plan and celebrate your walking, running or cycling routes with other people, which can be great if you want to spend outdoors on your own, but you also want to be able to celebrate that with people who know you. Yeah. And another couple of apps that I've used as well as like people who aren't so outdoorsy are things like Pokemon Go and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. My brother joined a Facebook group to meet other Pokemon goers. So like, I'm sure you can do that. And people at uni as well will be able to hopefully do the same thing with you and meet up and all collect Pokemon or battle or whatever it is, just to get you outdoors as well. Exactly. If that's your motivation to go outdoors and that helps you relax and have fun, then go for it. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I need to take my own advice and go and do all this cool stuff (laughs) rather than just talk about it. I know it's so much easier to tell people how great it is to go for a walk than it actually is to get up and go. Yeah, and sometimes don't beat yourself up if you don't do it as often as you'd like. As long as you're getting time outdoors, you'll really feel the benefit of it. Yeah, that's it. Nobody's perfect and a little bit is better than nothing. Enough about us because that is probably not why people are here. We have a awesome interview like we said with our good friend Johnny and he's going to tell us all about his favorite places to visit in and around Plymouth that will help you and us connect back to nature. So today on the podcast we have Johnny who has lived in Plymouth for 13 years now. Um, He also studied at the University of Plymouth as well. I believe it was in environmental science, but I'll let him introduce himself in a second. He's here to talk all about the things you can do locally in and around Plymouth that students might not know about. So hi, Johnny. Welcome. Hey, thank you, guys. Cheers. Yeah, so hi, everyone. My name's Johnny. Yep. Yes, as many of you already said, lived in Plymouth for almost, well, coming up to 13 years. I absolutely love the city, but 
when I finished university, I wanted to stay down here because of the surrounding area and the beaches and the countryside, which we're going to talk about now, which would be really, really cool. So, yeah, is there anything in particular that we'd start off with? What we're really interested in talking about is getting out into the great outdoors for students, maybe getting a little bit out of the city. So start with whichever one's your favourite. My favourite. Let's talk about Dartmoor, because Dartmoor's that, that real escape. And if you can really, I think, get out into the middle of it, which you can do without having a car, you can really you know escape the hustle and bustle and free your mind and just to it really it's so open and vast it's beautiful i mean getting up to dartmoor there's a couple of ways you can you can do it from the city center well first of all if you want to go by bus then you can easily get on what we call the number the number, number one bus to tavistock which can take you to yelverton and from yelverton you can walk to places like Baratore reservoir and then further on up onto the moor there is actually also a bus from Yelverton which can take you to Princetown. And Princetown's beautiful. It's sort of right in the middle of Dartmoor. And I don't know, sometimes when you're in Plymouth or in other uh, parts of, the, of Devon, if you see this big TV mast in the middle of the moor, that's Princetown. You know, always know where Princetown is. And up in Princetown, there's plenty of walks to go on from there, but there's lots of like tea rooms, there's the JLL Brewery, there's the Dartmoor Prison Museum, and a bunch of like little souvenir shops and the Dartmoor National Park Information Centre as well. So yeah, plenty going on. Um, oh, amazing. I feel like Dartmoor is this iconic place in Plymouth and I've only been like four times because I didn't know I could get a bus there. So I've learned something new today. There you go. Fantastic. Yeah, it is absolutely stunning. Ponies, if you love, they love animals and that sort of thing. And getting, I, 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 always, I love going up to Dartmoor and see them when the tourists come down and you just see them all there, taking the pictures of the ponies. They are very, very adorable. Especially when the foals are born. I love that you talked about that because actually one of the first times I went to Dartmoor was just by volunteering with the Students' Union. And you can go to places like Borotor and Borotor is absolutely beautiful. And I went there not too long ago um, just on a walk and it just, it just relaxes you. It's something mm-hmm. else, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's peaceful, isn't it? And finding all those little uh, rivers and tributaries as well, which are like, you know, just to sit in that and have a picnic and that sort of thing. Yeah, a true escape, really. So. That's one way to get up there, isn't it? There are other points you can get up on Dartmoor as well from Plymouth. You don't have to go up to Yelverton. You can go up to places like Ivy Bridge. Um, you can get a train to Ivy Bridge. You don't have to get a bus, but you can get a bus as well. And to um, South Brent. And um, um, plenty of walks. Um, you know, I'm sorry if you Google them. There's plenty of walks from those two areas, Ivy Bridge or South Brent, to go up onto the moors. Um, if you get off at Ivy Bridge, there's the two moors way. And especially if you get off on the station, you more or less jump straight onto that, that lovely walk. And it takes you right up into the middle of the South Moor. Uh, plenty of, if you're interested in Bronze Age archaeology, there's things like stone rows and old stone circle huts and that sort of thing that you can view. But if you just want the views and the open space, um, it's perfect because it's a, an old tram line you can borrow, which is nice and steady um, incline rather than the steep hills that Dartmoor's known for. So, um, yeah, really good, that one. Recommend that one entirely. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I don't want anyone to be put off thinking that all the walks are going to be ginormous yeah. hikes. There are flat paths. There's always an alternative. You just gonna have to Google it and have a look what the walks are like. Absolutely. Yeah, and what's also really important is that you've been mentioning all the various ways to actually get up there. And it's just really important to showcase the students. It's really accessible, even if you don't have a car. There's so many different ways to get there. Well, let's talk about cycling, because cycling is another way to, to get up. Amazing. Um, obviously, if you've got your own bike, perfect but there are also options to hire bikes in the cities in Auckland but also 
just outside Plymouth. So if you want to get onto Dartmoor by bike, the best way to go is on route, National Cycle Network Route 27. Um, and this actually starts in the city along the Ho on the waterfront. And then it's more or less signposted all the way. You can actually view with that, if you're feeling brave or, or energetic, you can go all the way to North uh, Devon uh, on that cycle path. But let's say you just want to, for today, just want to poodle up to Dartmoor. You can yeah, go out to Marsh Mills and uh, the Coy Paul Park and Ride. You can obviously cycle there, but there is a cycle hire facility at the Coy Paul Park and Ride. And then you join the, the Route 27 and off you go and you cycle through lovely wooded valley along the River Plym, basically, up to a place called Clearbrook. And that's more or less when you come out there, you're on the moor. The cycle network carries on all the way then to Yelverton. And then, as I mentioned, from Yelverton, you can then go up onto Baratour Reservoir or further um, afield. You can park your bike up or, you know, carry on cycling if you're feeling energetic. This is actually news to me. I didn't even know all ah. this stuff. So this is great. I'm going to try it. I'm trying to buy a bike at the minute. So yeah, I'm going to have ah, a go. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. There is lots of like, you know, around the, the Dartmoor, there's a couple of National Cycle Network routes you can do. There's another one that sort of you can join when you get to Clearbrook. But from Clearbrook, there's another one as well. So if you're feeling a bit more adventurous and don't want a nice, level, calm cycle route, you can do a bit more of a challenging up and down job over some hills which is really good fun and the views are stunning so yeah i'm presuming you've done all of these crazy hills and crazy cycles johnny yes yeah very <laughs> impressive <laughs> well it's, it's one of those things isn't it you know uh, gyms well they're a bit more difficult to access at the moment aren't they out of limiting numbers and that sort of thing so cycling for me is exercise and uh, so it's you know nice views getting out of plymouth but also it's my uh, I say my daily dose. I'd love to be able to say it's my daily dose, but probably my weekly dose of exercise. (laughs) Weekly is more than enough. We've spoken about this before. Weekly (laughs) is fine. So are there any other great places that you think students should know about? Yeah, definitely. Well, going back to that, if you go head out to Koipo, as I said, on to cycle up that, when you first leave Koipo and you join that cycle route, you actually go through uh, Plimbridge Woods, which is owned by the National Trust. So again, you can cycle there, or you can get the bus to Coypool Park and ride and then walk from there. And there's basically lovely wooded valley. If, if you're into bird spotting, there's things like the Peregrine Falcon uh, projects they've got going on there where they monitor a nesting pair of Peregrine Falcons. And there's usually always some chicks that hatch, which are beautiful. Things like dippers, kingfishers, herons, that sort of thing. So that's all there along the river there in the, in the woods. And it's also just nice to get in amongst the trees. There's lots of little places to have picnics um, and that sort of thing. So I do recommend Plymouth Woods. But there's also a few other lovely green spots dotted around Plymouth as well. If you head out to, um, for example, Saltram House, which is, again, also owned by the National Trust, you can get a bus there. I think it's bus route number 20 or 21. And you can get off at Plymouth Road just before you come into Plimpton. It's actually, the stop is outside of McDonald's, so you'll recognise it on the bus when you come up to it. And uh, cross over the road and you can follow a path into Saltram House. Again, Saltram House is one of those lovely National Trust properties. You've got your gift shop and your tea room, and then you've got the house itself, and then the grounds and the gardens, and it's, it's nice to go for a picnic. A lot of people, um, I know students and people who live down here, go there for runs, and they've got like a park run, if you're into that sort of thing. I know that a lot of people go running there, basically. It's got a lovely few steep hills that people love the challenge to climb. I only recently discovered Saltram House, actually. I was just kind of going on walks at the start of lockdown, and I was just finding new places, and I just discovered Saltram House, and I was like, wow, how did I never know about this? But (laughs) that's the reason we're doing this podcast, is because students 
maybe stick to a couple of places that they know, like the Her or the Barbican or Royal William Yard and things like that. But take the time to explore it because yeah. there's so much you don't know. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And as I said, you know, that, that, that bus route, again, is one of the, uh, the easy bus route to get on. You know, there's the bus number 20 or 21, you know, there's one every like, sort of like 20 minutes, you know, so it's very accessible particularly um, Saltram House, yeah. Another point is, uh, this is one that's not well known, even amongst locals in Plymouth, and that is uh, Warley Point Nature Reserve. It's a, a woodland owned by the Devon Wildlife Trust, and it's down on the River Tamar, on the edge of a village called Tamerton Volia, which is part of the city of Plymouth. It's right on the northern, sort of northwestern edge of Plymouth. You can get like a 44A bus or 42A bus down to Tamerton Folia. And then it's a, it's a walk from the, the centre of the village to the woodland, which is lovely in itself, actually. It's a very quiet road along a, a, a small tributary of the Tamar. And then when you get there, it's a lovely circular walk around the woodland, and then there's plenty of spaces just to sit and look out over the vastness of the Tamar estuary. You see the railway, um, um, the Tamar Bridge in the, in the distance as well. Um, very peaceful, very quiet. A lot of people like to sit, just to go sit there and just contemplate and that sort of thing, as well as going for a stroll. So, um, so this is insider knowledge. This is stuff that even the locals don't know. I like this. Exactly. I know. Yeah. I knew it was a good idea getting Johnny on. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Millie, you mentioned it earlier on about volunteering. That's how I discovered it. It was through yeah. volunteering that I think it was a group of students that went out to volunteer for the Devon Wildlife Trust for a day. And that's where they went. And it's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed on quite a lot of the volunteering trips, international students tend to come out. And that's really great because they get to see a lot more of Plymouth and, and that sort of thing. And so it's really nice that they're wanting to explore it. But just know that you don't always have to volunteer to find these places as well. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, 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 I couldn't tell you all the, the prices for these like bus, I keep mentioning buses and that sort of thing, but you're looking at no more than three pounds, four pounds max. But obviously, that's me talking from an adult's fare for students. I imagine there must be discounts as well that you can probably access on some of the buses. So, yeah, definitely, it's not expensive either. That's what I'm trying to say. So, perfect. No, that's really great. So, we've talked about buses quite a bit. Do you know, is there anywhere we can get to by train that's quite local and not too expensive? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, this is one of my favourite points I did when I was a student, actually, was to go by train to Gunners Lake, which, so it's like a little branch line off the main line, train line in and out of Devon and Cornwall that goes um, out here, out into Cornwall. So yeah, Gunners Lake itself is a tiny little village, beautiful, little shops and a few, quite a few pubs, and then lots of walks from there. So it's not quite, it's not Dartmoor, it's more rolling countryside than hills and open moorland woodland little tributaries to go and sit by and have a picnic and that sort of thing so yeah there's that one but then before Gunners Lake a couple stops before Gunners Lake there's a place called Cowstock it's quite iconic and it's, it's right on the river oh my gosh I can't remember which river it's on now is it on the River Tamar? That's terrible the River Tamar splits into two at one point and I can't remember which river it's on how embarrassing okay but anyway but up there at Cowstock there's this lovely um, yeah, viaduct over the river and it's quite iconic, and, um, and it's where the, the trains go over, and there's a lovely pub at the bottom, and you can sit there on the river um, and watch the world go by. But from uh, Cowstock, you can walk to a place called Cota Hill, which is another National Trust property, and that, again, is itself is, is, is beautiful. Lovely gardens there. Christmas, I recommend going to Christmas, actually, if they, if they do it this year, hopefully. They have a lovely garland, like, you know, garland. They hang in the Great Hall, and it's made from flowers that they grow dry and then arrange 
it's for me as a, as a gardener i find that quite it's, it's blimmin impressive i do recommend that but the whole place itself is, is beautiful they have an orchard there and they do things like uh, apple pressing to make cider and that sort of thing so oh that yeah. sounds amazing yeah i recommend that i suppose the other thing and um, again if you if you do like an ale there's a lot of pubs along that train route and there is something called the rail ale trail which is um, something you can go along and basically you can collect stamps in each of these pubs and then you get a t-shirt to see you've done the rail ale trail hang on hang on, Hello, so hang on. Let's, let's stop this podcast and all just go on the rail ale trail <laughs> that's it we're all going <laughs> now <need> that t-shirt <laughs> absolutely yeah and that's yeah, yeah that was good fun yeah i don't recommend doing them all at once because um getting on a train i don't recommend getting on a train where you've had a few but um, but yeah but definitely go out and a couple of times and collect a few stamps um, from the pubs you visit thank you very much i feel like we've absolutely learned something new ourselves so i'm sure this is going to be absolutely invaluable for our listeners too yeah that's it it's, it's knowing isn't it once you know you know the, the, well, the world's your oyster my grand used to say but yeah plymouth is such a gem i think it's just it's just finding those little spots that are literally right on the doorstep and i think you know for me though i think i think you've both summed it up well i think when i when i was a student it was all about just just go for a walk, go for a stroll. The, you know, even in Plymouth, the city centre itself, which I'm sure you've covered, there's just these little parks that suddenly appear. You think, wow, where did that come from? So, um, yeah, go out and explore. Perfect. Perfect final word from you, Johnny. I love that so much. And I'm going to go explore these places now. See ya. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Oh, real pleasure. Thanks again, Johnny, so much for that lovely recount of your explorations around Plymouth. I think it was a really great addition to the podcast. And don't forget that you'll probably be in Plymouth for a while during your degree. So you will have plenty of time to find your own favourite spots and make your own memories. Definitely make the time for it as well, because studying can feel like it's taking up every single day and every single minute. But you do need that time for yourself. And also it could be a social thing. Maybe you and your housemates go and explore Dartmoor for a day. Just go yeah, and do it. Definitely. Like when me and my house were in lockdown together and when they lifted it a bit so you could go outside with people, we just like walked up to the hoe and like walked around the seafront. And it made me realise that when I was in my first two years of uni, I barely went to the sea and I barely went on walks. And I just I feel like I really appreciate being outside so much more now. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I discovered quite a lot more of Plymouth just by being here during lockdown because I just found new places to go and even planned new routes and new trips. And it was just really exciting, actually, to be able to rediscover the city that I love and fall back in love with it. Because when you are a student, you tend to go to like a couple of spots that you know and are just easy to get to. But you definitely have time, maybe like on a weekend or just even for a couple of hours. Like I always used to turn down my housemates if they were going out somewhere because I didn't think I had time and I just really regret it and then in my final year I was doing a lot more than just my studies I was doing extracurriculars and whatever and I was just like still like yeah I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna explore and I'm gonna go to Dartmoor and I'm gonna go to Plimbridge Woods or like all these sorts of places and I even went there the other day and it just like brings back memories it's just so nice to actually have that time in nature that's so lovely that's such a nice sentiment being able to fall back in love with Plymouth and I'm so excited for new students coming for you to finally get to know Plymouth and I'm excited for returning students 
for you to hopefully go on that journey too and fall back in love with the place. Yeah, especially since you may have spent a bit more time in your hometown. Coming back to Plymouth and rediscovering why you loved it in the first place is just a whole new kind of amazing. I guess that's all we have time for today. Thank you for coming on another Millie and Tilda adventure and we can't wait for you to come along on our next one. Yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye.